Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that sounds great. Okay. Yeah, thank you. What do you say? You sound great? Oh, that sounds really great, me. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> and with that, let's start. Great. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Looking for Artists. We found a very special one today. Um, first of all, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, can you introduce yourself? Yes. My name is Nick Mestad. Um, do you want me to say like what, what, like what kind of... Well, if you have something else. I, well, I, don't, I don't. No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you had to have something else at, at the end of that. What would it be? Would, you know how the, I feel like we're in, you know, social media, Instagram culture. Mm-hmm. We have like bullet points. Yep. Oftentimes when people are super prepared here, they're like, I am blah, 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 yeah. this, this, and this, you know, or blah, 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 this. Yeah. Like so, soup lover, dog, yeah. walker. Yeah. And yeah. Look, Lunch, you know. One's really boring, like book enthusiast. Yes. Yes. It's always, yes. It's like, yeah. I don't know what, yeah. I would say I'm a writer performer, comedic writer performer. Yeah. Yeah. As is, is my go to. Um, cool. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been in the city? I've been in New York for a little over a year. Yeah. About 14 months, I would say. And before that? Before that, I was in Chicago for nine years. Nine years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I, do, I do martial arts. Mm-hmm. What kind? Brazilian jiu jitsu. Wow. Uh, I did Taekwondo for a couple years in fifth and sixth grade. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Is that fairly, is it, and pardon my, I guess, I don't know the terminology, but is that like pretty, like, can it be like pretty, uh, rough, like bone breaking and. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, yeah. yeah, There are a lot of, um, joint locks. Like, so the, the way that you can end a fight in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is by choke or submission. Okay. So you can apply pressure to certain like parts in people's joints to break them. Okay. Um, or you can choke them through cutting off the circulation of blood to their brain <laughs> or the oxygen to yes. their brain. Uh, I didn't mean to laugh when you said choke them by dot, dot, dot. But, the, but the, um, I mean, in terms of choking someone... I guess there's multiple ways. You can do it with your hands. You can do it with the crook of your elbow. You can do it with their clothing. Like, with I the, could do it with, oh. your, with your shirt. The way I'm wearing it right now? Yeah. Or just, would you just, like, rip it and just, like... Oh, no, I would use the collars. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it wow. gets intense. And if we got in a fight for real, <laughs> I, would, I could rip the, the flannel apart uh-huh. and then use the flannel itself, like, yeah. like your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Not unlike, uh, you know... Um, like a little, when someone makes like a rope of blankets exactly. or something, but exactly. <laughs> exactly. But all this to say, so I just got my blue belt. Maybe. Congratulations. Thank you. That's I, awesome. Thank you. I think it was maybe a month ago. Okay. So I was saving my Instagram post for a month after to prove like, I'm not going to get my blue and then peace. But okay, that's cool. a thing in the community. You know, you get your blue belt and then you like disappear because you feel accomplished. Wait, is like, is where is blue belt blue belt in the ring? Okay, so it goes white, uh-huh. which is essentially zero. That was the same with taekwondo, right? Uh-huh. I think white you start um, pretty much with every martial art because it symbolizes mm. like nothing. It's no color purity. Okay, like, that makes sense. You know, yeah, yeah, no, no um, intelligence, no knowledge. Yeah, blank slate. Yep. Okay, tabula rasa. That's what it's called. Well, I think that's John Locke. Oh. The philosopher or whatever. Oh, my mind immediately went to Lost. I was about to say, it's Me been too. a while since Every I, but time I, but in I class, I was like, Lost? Like Lost. Curly? Yeah. Anyway, so it goes white, blue, okay. which is one. Okay. You know, in your jujitsu brain. Yeah. White, blue, purple, mm-hmm. brown, black. Okay. And then... It's rare, but after black, there are other promotions. There are other belt promotions. And is it like black belt something stripe, or is it a different color or belt? So, altogether? yes, it's black, and then it goes, if I'm not mistaken, black and red. It's, it's oh. called a coral. There's another coral belt after that, which is red and white. And then there's a, after that, there's a red belt. Wow. And some of these belts are only given if you've been in it for X amount of years. Like you literally would have to start if you were born into it. And then other belts are given like if you are a legend within the art and you've changed it or influenced it in a heavy enough way to earn that belt. Wow. 
Yeah, dude. It's Incredible. Crazy. It's crazy. Here we've been walking around thinking a black belt is kind of the the end all be all. But meanwhile, we got a red belt walking around and we're just like, wait, wait, wait. Yes. Well, you know what's so crazy is usually the red belts, like by that time, they're not in comp they're not competition level. They could still fuck you up. It's like an honorary. It's honorary. Okay. So they're still scary dudes, mm -hmm. you know, but it's like the people that are also scary are like seasoned blue belts that yeah. are almost purple. Trying to prove purple something. is basically like it's purple like is pretty scary. Is the lethal weapon thing like true? Like it's like you, you can like have your fists registered as lethal weapon. That's fake. Yeah. yeah I think real. no, no, it's real. Okay. In certain states, if you have like um a black belt in certain martial arts, mm -hmm. you have to register your body as a weapon. Now the and have to register your body as a lethal weapon. I'm immediately like, uh, maybe it's my sketch brain, but it's just I want to see that. I want to see someone going through the bureaucratic process of <laughs> I'm here to register my body as a lethal weapon. Oh yes, of course, sir. Yeah, I mean, if there are any doubters, it, it's really simple to clear that up with yeah. like a rear naked choke. Yeah, you know, a that's not choke? even a strike. That's not even hitting you. That's a rear naked rear choke? naked choke. Meaning just like rear. It's like rear is in the person who's choking you is from behind, yeah. and you as the person who's getting choked. This is how I interpret it. Uh -huh. Obviously, it's rear because you're you're attacking them from their behind. rear. Yeah, but naked meaning you've passed all of their defenses, and they're completely like you're on their back. Attacking their neck and their most vulnerable like, part. Yeah, my God. That's the weakest position in jujitsu. Is what? If you have someone on your back attacking mm. your neck, you're done. So, <sighs> so it's like okay. So I, I bring up. We could go on and Sorry, on for yes, jujitsu, it, 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 but I bring yeah. this up basically because I want to ask you based on this. Well, this was good context based on that little segue. Mm -hmm. Um, what belt were you as a Chicago, um, liver? And what belt do you think you are now in New York? Okay, as a citizen of the city? Yeah, and also kind of tracking your progress in terms of experience and comfortable, like feeling comfortable in the city. This is a great question. I would say by the time I left Chicago, I would say... Um, so using the Bra Brazilian jiu-jitsu system of belts, yes. I would say... And just to refresh it, it goes white, blue, purple, brown, black. Yep. I would say I would be confident calling myself um, a brown belt. Yeah, a brown here? belt. It, sorry, in Chicago. Oh, in Chicago. In Chicago when right. I left. Um, and then here, I would say I'm close to getting my. I, I would say I'm, I'm like I'm I'm um, in the trials of getting my blue belt. That's crazy. I mean, maybe that's, that's crazy. Maybe that's kind of. No, I'm I'm saying that's crazy because in terms of jujitsu progress mm -hmm. for the average, mm -hmm. that's spot on. Okay. In terms of timing. Oh, that's great. Nine years. Most people at nine years, unless you've you're really grinding. Like if you just go and you go consistently, mm -hmm. nine years, you're probably around brown. You're probably wow. about to become black. Wow. I got my blue belt grinding for every pretty much. I tried to go every day. Wow. Of the week. Wow. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And if I skipped one of those, I would go on a Saturday. Wow. Class. Wow. Sometimes, dude, I would go to three classes in a row. In one day? Yeah. And then maybe I would go to that okay. noon class as well if I had the time. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so for how long is this period of time happening that you're going five days a week? So I did this. For essentially, I one month I got distracted and I wanted to learn how to surf before it became too cold. Okay. So one month I my attendance kind of dropped, but mm -hmm. I did I got my blue belt in a year and a month. Wow. And so typically that takes what two? It two takes and a half anyone years? from like like if you, it depends. We have people that come in that are wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And they get their, they can get their blue belt in like six, seven months, you know. But that's like, coming but for from the like, average person, yeah, yeah, it's like anywhere from a year to some people are in there two upwards, you know, two years, you know. Dang, man. So, yeah, it was that's like, it was like right within the range. Okay. So, okay. that's crazy that you say that. Do, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I was, yeah, that was just kind of my, my guess. I'm happy to hear that it's like, 
Yeah. Consistent. I thought you were going to say like, wow, usually people don't in living in New York don't get their blue belt citizen wise until five years in. So well, I think, like, I mean, coming from Chicago, that's not starting from zero. No, I know. Yeah. It's certainly so, not. I mean, yeah. it's like you took Taekwondo before. Yeah. So this is a great segue into what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You might want to try and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Really? I think your mind would work well for it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The appeal immediately when you say that is, uh, is having something outside of my artistic pursuit that's completely removed from it, completely divorced of all social connections, yes. all mind uh, incentives, all of that stuff, and just a, a thing in and of itself in a bubble that's all my own that no one knows I'm doing. That That is something I, I desire. Dude, okay. That's what drew me to it. Okay, yeah. I started it. Mm-hmm. That That bubble became very real. And it was very like separate from everything else I did. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. And then I realized at one point, I don't know when it happened. Maybe it was like a, when a balloon leaks or maybe when it was like a, a bubble that you blow with the stick and the soap, like a soap bubble when it pops. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was like, boom, and it informed like everything else. And I was like, what? Whoa. Okay, cool. I can do that here. I can do this. I think it's the same thing here. And I kind of realized, like, a lot of places in my life where I was just, it was like force meeting force. Mm. Yeah. And this bubble, this jujitsu bubble bursting is a good thing? It sounds like it, like, resulted in, like, clarity in other places or not necessarily? For people who, I think, stick with it, and for me, I'm, like, I I have stuck with it longer than I thought Mm -hmm. just because I... I kept questioning, like, why am I going? Mm-hmm. What am I doing here? Like, why am I learning how to fight? Sure. Because um, I have never been in an altercation. I think mm. part of that is the way I look. Maybe part of it is, like, what I do with my time and where I spend my time. But sure. also random things happen. Like, there was just, like, an 18-year-old girl stabbed to death in Upper Upper West Harlem, you know? like Word. Yeah. So. Yes. Like, the random. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, sorry, not Upper West, uh, Upper Upper West Side. I think One Eighteen Street. I don't know, but whoa, yeah, it's like random shit can happen. So it's like, yeah, all that, all of that aside, the bubble bursts. I think for people that stick with it, because if you're sticking with it, it's like it becomes something important to yep, you, and yep. and it, just like art, yeah, art informs other parts of my life that have nothing to do with art. Of course, yes, and sometimes I'm inspired by things that have nothing to do with art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I'm inspired for jujitsu by things that have nothing to do with jujitsu. Of course. <clears throat> so, yes, I, I yes, I completely relate to that. I think yes, that like point of the second that that like you go you you're attracted to something because it's like an escape uh, from like your pursuit, whatever that is, the thing that like occupies most of your waking hours of like how am I going to finagle this, like whatever it is, career, art, whatever it is, and then you get that thing, and then like the second there's like th- there's a human instinct for it to just like well, how could I actually, how could I do this with it? Like, how can I make this work for me even more? Or like devote, and then like you start, be, it, it, like you said, the second it becomes like important in that way, it, it, it starts to dissolve. Like it starts to like, it just yep. becomes part of that big stressful life thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, okay. So a couple episodes back, I think I asked s- uh, someone a question like, you know, are there any experiences that you pursue outside of your life? Like for me, it was Brazil and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and surfing, other things that have nothing to do with your artistic endeavors that inform your artistic endeavors. Do you have any things that you actively seek out? I would say currently it changes. Uh, currently it's reading, like just reading books, like being conscious about like having a book, reading, like trying to read at least like every weekday. Um but actively like really like putting importance on that. Then like I ebb and flow with that, but I find that I've like recently come back to it of like actually using the library and like getting into like, oh, I can like have any book and it, that Whoa. feels good and like kind of like a new experience. Um, but I find that reading like, and like my mind gets caught up in the like, well, I should read this book because this is like gonna inform, uh, you know, not necessarily a comedic book, but it's like, here's, here's a book that I wanna read that I think will be good for my art. And it's like, I want to even get rid of that thinking and just be like, no, 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 right. a friend recommended this book. It's different from anything I would read. Hmm. And even if I don't like that book in the kind of 
quilt tapestry of everything that I'm reading, this is very informative and valuable because it's like either showing me why I don't like something or it's giving me a word that I've never heard of before, or even just like a small idea of like, Oh, that concept. I've felt that before, but I haven't articulated it. Like I, it just gives me like thinking like in a yes. very rich way that like, yeah, I like feel like a sharp sense of my individuality when I'm doing that, that I don't yeah. otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it, it makes me feel more connected. Yes. 100%. Yeah. 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 And, but yes, it is that like sort of thing of just like, it is such a, a slippery slope keeping it unrelated to stuff to keep it like as like a private sort of fulfillment or pursuit you know yeah because all you want to do is like talk about the book you're reading with people which is like fun to do but it's like it almost loses something even then yeah um yeah it does you 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 kind of have to keep parts of it to yourself yes yeah and that's why i'm like with with julie i'm like oh i want you to know jujitsu but i don't no, if I want you to come there and train yes, with me and right. stuff. Yes, right. It's something different. Though. But if, you know, if that happened, I'm sure it would be amazing. I'm yes. just saying it's like, then it's something different. Yes, um, totally. Yes, it's yeah. the nature of it changes. And part of me is like, with we're, like all these things, um, if you will, it's kind of like learning different languages and mm-hmm. you have to stay true to it's. It's not about like, well, what would this mean in English? Like it, it's like learning the language for what it is, trying to think in that language and like learn these different languages. It's like thinking in that world. Totally. Yeah. So I think with my different finger quotes, languages mm-hmm. that inform me as a person and, you know, as an artist, but ultimately as a person, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to connect them more. Yeah, sure. And, and unify them more. So because of that, things often get personal and like so those spaces kind of like those lines, if you will, are crossed. They're not harsh lines. They're just lines where it's like I want to keep this in this bubble. Sometimes mm-hmm. those bubbles pop and like they form with other bubbles and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like I'm I'm currently negotiating that, you know, in my life. Got you. A lot with rock rising, but it's a lot of it's really good. Yeah. Where I'm just, it's, we were talking earlier before we pressed record mm-hmm. about just keeping the ball moving. Yes. And it's just like the more I open myself to allowing those bubbles to pop, I think the more, A, the more community I truly, the more community I have, I have around me. Mm-hmm. And also the more like we make like collaboration produces things yes it's like relinquishing control it's like which is such a scary scary thing i find with like (laughs) art is to relinquish the control but it's in life and life and which makes community hard too. yes too but it's like like, often like that is the thing that like you need to drop the control because community i think is like that's kind of the whole thing is like you don't exclusively have control like you it's like if anything it's an ebb and flow Mm -hmm. if you have any control of it but like that yes i and i'm like i feel like i'm like i learn and relearn that every time i like relinquish control and like either collaborate or like bubbles meld together or whatever it is i'm just like that really and it's a really wonderful feeling (laughs) but like yeah for whatever whatever reason each time it's like really difficult to i don't know it's a tricky thing yeah because it's I'm not saying that like everyone should just give up control of their art either. Cause like it's really important to have control, but yes, in order for community, it's like, I feel essential to give and take. Yeah. For, especially for community. I don't know for artists, I think to, I think working solo can get you to a certain point and a certain mm-hmm. extent, but mm-hmm. then you, you will inevitably have to have someone help you along the way. Yes. Even if that's someone making the MIDI keyboard that you make your right. bangers. Yes. on. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? 100%. So I don't know. So I'm going to force a segue here and ask you, you know, because I also, me moving to New York was mm-hmm. my first big move in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to keep it a bubble gotcha. from where I moved from. And sorry, how long have you been in New York? I've been in New York now for eight, I don't know, maybe eight and a half maybe coming on nine years okay something like that okay okay in the eight to nine year range yeah 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 i don't time doesn't really make sense to me all the time yeah no i i definitely relate to that 
Yeah. So um, time exists within bubble, a mm -hmm. bubble for me. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so when you moved here from Chicago, was that in attempts to make it a bubble or was Chicago a bubble from somewhere else? I kind of want to dig more into your story. Where, where are you from? Yeah. So, I mean, originally I'm from Minnesota. I was in Chicago for like after we moved there after college to do comedy. And that's awesome. Yeah. And so, and you know, I, I am very proud of staying focused on comedy. You know, I, I very, it, it, I connected with it and I've like stuck with it and I really love doing it. And I've like felt myself get better. Like, you know, self-esteem growing in terms of ability, like a better knowledge of like what it actually looks like to like improve and like how long it takes and just the whole patience, like all that stuff. Like I feel good about overall. Um, but yeah, so, but Chicago, like I didn't, when someone would ask like, are you like, how long are you going to be in Chicago? Do you think you'll live here? I never, I was never like, no, I'll, I'm spending the rest of my life in Chicago. I never thought that. I always knew it was like temporary for whether it be I moved back to Minnesota, whether it be I moved somewhere else. I don't know, but I wasn't going to be in Chicago forever. And in terms of the timing of it, it was just like a bunch of different stuff where ultimately summarized by, I felt like I had done I was really proud of the opportunities that I had touched from being in Chicago. I'd experienced a lot of ups and downs, but like overall, like I felt like I had really seen the whole spectrum of what the Chicago, being a writer, performer, comedic writer, performer in Chicago. That's beautiful. It, it was good. And I'm That's really great. proud of that and super, super grateful for my experience there. Like it was, I was, yes, it, it felt like. So what did that look like, if you will? Yeah. I mean, like a short version of it is, is like, you, you know, I showed up there, did improv classes at I.O., um, made kind of, I moved there with a roommate from from college um, who was also, we both were in the improv troupe in college. We moved there together um, and then just slowly made friends through doing classes. Um, you know, a friend opened a, a, a theater called Upstairs Gallery. That was kind of this, you know, small theater that we could just, us and the group of friends could just do whatever at and just basically spent years doing different improv shows, different like quote unquote sketch shows just for each other, largely making each other laugh and just slowly kind of honing in on like what my sensibility was, what I did that got a reaction, what didn't get a reaction. Um, and just like kind of starting to flirt with like the industry a little bit of like having an agent, being dropped by an agent, like how many auditions you're doing versus how much you're actually like booking anything if right. at all. Like right. th just that whole thing um and so and just like yeah just navigating that whole thing and so and getting better feeling you know and and just plateauing and not knowing you're plateauing until like you kind of like really really push and realize you kind of feel yourself like kind of pop a little bit more and get to a, a different level and like feel that being like having everything recontextualized in a way of like oh damn like okay so that that that's how it is like i didn't know it but like that whole like my past five years of grinding writing and performing has been recontextualized by like this new opportunity that i achieved just by like going to coffee shops every day and writing and testing stuff out wow and just like having that those little having it recontextualized it just happens in an instant and like motivates you like it just it feels like you have a new perspective i mean you do it's just like your clarity is like renewed and like you're like oh this takes this isn't like a oh yeah i'm kind of like working on this thing we'll see how it turns out or trying to explain to relatives like yeah I'm, you know I'm, I'm trying to be funny like all that stuff it's like oh no i'm a serious performer and writer and right. i believe in my talent and you know not necessarily having a tangible thing to hang your hat on like making money from doing it or an opportunity on the tv that you can like hey watch this but like getting close enough and at least like yeah getting close enough where you feel like oh no i am capable of this and like given this trajectory, I feel confident in my ability to like keep doing this in a way that's like, oh no, I'm gonna keep doing like the day job thing that maybe isn't a passion and and or status or a ton of money, but I'm happy to make that sacrifice confidently now because I believe in what I'm what it's allowing me to do yes. in nights and weekends. Yeah. Which I feel like that like those small like you know drops of, of validation like it's just like a tiny bit of validation goes like for, it's a like gasoline for like five years, you know, where it's yep. just like, okay, whether it's like a person I respect or like, I mean, usually it's that. It's just like, if I respect this person and they like give me a nod or something like that, it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm good for, you know, two years, whatever it is. 
but it's like that's really like hmm. valuable um but yeah but that's like my personal experience. yeah go, wait, wait, what's up i think that's great mm-hmm. i mean i think it like there are different types of artists and i think the type that you're that you are mm-hmm. is the type of like you know yes you perform and yes you write but also the way you live your life is kind of like part of that it's, it's like the performance too so it's like mm-hmm. those nods are like just as good as the moments where you're writing and you have a breakthrough or the moments where you're on stage and the the audience reacts to the moment that you structured and designed and then executed you yeah know? it's like yeah that that is your life too so mm-hmm. it's like and that's your performance as well interesting it's, i haven't thought about yes yeah yeah i don't know no i would agree with you yeah. it is it is it does all feel very much of the same like the same thing it's all like mm-hmm. oh no this is mine and i mean that about my day job i mean that <laughs> about my material i mean that about my performance like it feels very like protected or very um deliberate on mm-hmm. my part and like in a way there is like a because i've been in this lifestyle you know since i've kind of my entire adult life it, it, it there is a feeling of like man like if the opportunity that is at least that i think is the carrot at the end of the stick motivating me mm-hmm. if i ever got something like that like would that mess me up? Like, it would be such a, cause I'm so used to the day job, like head down, like enjoy it. Like people know I at work kind of know I do stuff, whatever, but really being in my own little corner figuratively and literally like at the coffee shop, like no one knows who I am, like just like working on my stuff. And I love the, I love going into a show. No one knows who I am and winning them over. You know, if that, if, and when that happens, it's the best feeling yeah like the the the, like yes like if i'm doing like my like kind of my best material at a show which is like i've done like maybe three times since moving to new york where it's like no one knows who i'm at the show i'm happening to bring this like this five minutes that i know is like my best stuff and winning them over it's like truly like no question that like this is the greatest city in the world that I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> like it's just it's truly, it's just like everything. It's like, this is why I'm here. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. Have you had those moments here yet where you aren't performing? Mm-hmm. You're just walking mm-hmm. and you see something like, you know, just like someone coming out of like a store you would never go into. And mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh, this city is the best. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I'm racking my brain for like specifics right now. I've had that a couple, uh, more than a couple times. There's been like, um, I mean, specifically generally what it is, is that like I have time to kill or kind of that like uh, random like Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is where I find myself, I have free time and I'm like, I just find myself with time to kill because it's a rare occurrence where it's like I'm not pressuring myself or at least like mentally straining like I should be at a coffee shop writing. It's like whatever the rare occurrence is where I'm not thinking that and I do have free time. It's like earbuds in, walking around and like, man, yes. And walking around a neighborhood that I'm not familiar with and just like, oh my God, this is truly, yes, it's the the greatest. It's like feeling, because you hear so many people say, it's the greatest city in the world, but like you immediately feel it and immediately understand it. Like when there's like, this is an occurrence that could only occur here with yes. like the way New York city is yeah, set up man. where it's like smashed yeah. together. So many characters like, yeah, to me, it is America. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah. totally. Okay. So mm-hmm. what then do you remember? Like, was there a moment that you had in Chicago that made you, make the change in the transition to like moving here or was it the plan all along it was not necessarily the plan all along what ended up happening was i so like um solo so in chicago in the like at least in the improv community and i want to say the comedy community although i can't really speak for stand-up because i didn't do it in chicago and that's a separate sub scene but in the improv community scene in chicago solo season is a big thing and that is you basically from, generally speaking, from January until spring, you kind of work on a solo set of five minutes of 
impressions or characters or whatever. And then you, you at IO, you audition for them for like the, for Sharna and, and um, just kind of the artistic directors at IO with the hope that you can get kind of a coveted slot for like solo season, which is like summer-ish. And then like industry comes through, like there's usually some industry showcases and you can get representation from that. And then SNL usually comes through like G July, August, and that's kind of the pinnacle of it. That's kind of what I think generally speaking motivates solo season and that's kind of the dream of it. Okay. Um, the kind of catalyst for me moving to New York was I put a lot of, um, just a lot of effort into, into solo season that year. Um, and I had, I had success with it in 2017. So in 2018, I was like, well, I'm going to stick around and like really double down on my material, come up with a brand new set and then see what happens. And then 2018, solo season came and went and nothing really happened. And so I found myself like in September after having spent like the summer and spring, like really exclusively, like hardcore focused on getting a new set together and like proud of it with just like, well, you know, the, the the basically creative calendar that I structure my my productivity on is just ended and it's kind of like I've at the time felt like so frustrated and like I had nothing that I was like okay like I've done Chicago like I've done this I've done the solo season many many times I've done the showcases I've been on an improv team for a long time like the all like really great experience that I'm really grateful for but like I'm ready. I just felt like immediately within the span of like a two week period of time, like I need to move. Like it's time for me to move. It's time for me to be new again, um, to, to kind of be uncomfortable again. Um, yes, I could have still, like, I think, um, had a very productive, fulfilling creative life in Chicago, certainly. Um, but I immediately felt like I need to no, I need to go somewhere new. Um, yeah. And also that, that, that sort of, uh, just kind of, you know, superficial fact of like, and, you know, business is not in Chicago. Show business isn't really. I mean, there's a handful of opportunities. But sure, other than that, right. it's like New York or LA. Right. So that certainly was a factor too. And um, and then as soon as I kind of put that out in the universe of I'm looking to move quickly, like a room opened up at a friend's apartment that was affordable and just there. Um, and that weird. was like weird. Weird how that happens. Weird how the universe shows right up there. Um, and so it was like, and that was like the piece of the puzzle. So I like sublet my place in Chicago, kind of packed up and moved. And it's never felt like the wrong decision despite having its, you know, ups and downs. Certainly. Good. But yeah, it's always that's really been good. the right. Yeah. I've been grateful for that. Um, yeah, that's yeah. really great. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, maybe it's too soon, but could you also see yourself living somewhere else? Sure. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean like the, the, the experience of like, cause it was literally three weeks from, me like living in Chicago to me in a U-Haul driving to New York moving. Like it was a quick turnaround. So like it, it definitely showed me that I can change on a dime. Cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Which is cool. And like, it's, it felt like really good knowledge to have about myself of like, Oh, okay. Like yes. I can change on a dime. And certainly that's like tied to like my current lifestyle of, you know, single, no kids, you know, you know, early 30s. So it's like, that's you know circumstantial certainly but it's like no if if that you know stays the same i certainly like mentally can like change pretty quickly especially because it's like yeah it, i mean right now it's all about uh, uh, career and and creativity is certainly the priority in my life career like i mean creative in creativity yes yeah yeah i mean trying so creative to creative career yes creative career yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so i think for me uh going back to the concept of connecting all these things mm -hmm. i'm trying to make that like i'm trying to make my creative process my creative career mm -hmm. like why you know why can't we it's almost like you know the pa the patronage the patronage system was interesting in a lot of ways where it's just like you know an artist finds someone who basically digs their shit mm -hmm. and they're like here's a bunch of money make cool yeah. stuff yeah like but and i don't think it should be like that but there should be something like that out there where artists can be artists it's like we talk about i mean we talked before that we press record again about this concept of new york 
um, not rewarding you and sometimes punishing you Mm -hmm. for taking those moments that you need to just put your earbuds in and just walk around Mm -hmm. and appreciate and just kind of like take a break. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, yes, I, I, I do agree with you in terms of like that thought of like, it'd be really nice and productive and like a beautiful thing to like be funded as an artist. And that's like something, is that what you mean? Yeah. To be funded or to, or it, or to be supported. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like there's actually not that much support in, in terms of an artist in America. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, we have encouragement. Yes. We have equal opportunity in terms of the capitalist society that we live in, Mm -hmm. but you can go to school and literally learn how to like be a CPA. Mm -hmm. Why can't you go to school and literally learn how to be an artist? You can learn the tools, yeah, but you can't learn like how to get a job. Right. It's not like that everywhere. I got you. It's like that here. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, I can't be like, I wish I was more woke. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I wasn't, and I and I am not a person who can't follow what I'm interested in. So it's like, uh, you know, I'm just interested in how are how, what can I do mm-hmm. to to like make money off what I do. I got you, and yeah. it's risky. So all yeah. that to say, like, I moved here for school, mm-hmm. but I think my real education is is coming after that, where I'm like, okay, school is not a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just a way to get me to the city. But now that I'm here with what I learned, what can I do? Yeah. And am I interested in that, mm-hmm. in those opportunities and those options? Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. So now what can I do? So it's weird because, like, in my mind for a long time, it felt like giving up on, you know, acting mm-hmm. or performing. And sorry, it, did you major in acting? I majored in acting. Got you. At okay. Marymount. Okay. Upper East Side. Great. Okay. It's great. I had a great time. Yeah. Uh, my career, if you will, yeah. there was fantastic. Got you. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't I didn't. I I, I, year. I forgot slash did not know that you were an acting major. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for for the first maybe year after graduating, I was like very committed to like go to the EPAs, check backstage, mm-hmm. get the agents, mm-hmm. do the things, mm-hmm. and I didn't enjoy it. Sure. And I didn't feel fulfilled. And there were other things I wanted to do that I couldn't do because acting to me, in order to do it in the way I wanted to do it, mm-hmm. it had to exist within a bubble. Yeah. And I didn't want to exist in that bubble. I got you. The bubble being like a th- like theater. Yeah. Like a pursuit in stage yes. acting. And it, what made that a bubble is because it it wasn't like financially supportive. You can't like live off that. It's not like No, a, it's not that. It's like I could see that. Mm-hmm. Like I I did like one regional show, mm-hmm. felt fine to do, but I didn't enjoy it enough. And I was like, oh, if I, this is like what I do for a while. And then if I just keep working, like you said, um, you found yourself rewarded by just like, going to the coffee shop, like just showing up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guests on the show say that they're rewarded when they just show up. Mm-hmm. So I was showing up and mm-hmm. I could see that it was, it was like going somewhere mm-hmm. and it came at a cost in other ways. Like I was not financially lucrative in this time, mm-hmm. but in terms of like a, an act young actor's career, like I was not, not showing up. Sure. So I just, but I didn't enjoy it. And mm-hmm. so now I'm like, Oh, how can I do all the things that I, that I want to do? Mm-hmm. It, you know besides acting or acting included besides acting acting included okay cool. both and yeah yeah because yeah. it's like you know i i've just come to a point in my life personally where i've i've resigned to i'm not going to be successful unless i'm actually just using my gifts yes and not trying to apply myself in places i don't want to be yes sure yes <laughs> absolutely oh man yeah well because i mean yeah, cause, I mean, it's a tricky thing, like, talking about artistic pursuit because it's, like, not, like, there isn't, like, one thing. It's, indiv- it's so, so deeply individual that it's, like, all you have is your own experience with it, yeah. you know? Because it's, like, and it, it is so yep. frustrating because I, like, I, I remember in, like, college and, like, for a lot of time in Chicago, it's, like, you just, 
don't know about you, but I would like seek out podcasts that of like people like, you know, for me, it was like people in the comedy world of like any, you, and you know, you just like seek out any interview you could get with like any like screenwriter or actor or comedian that I respected. And then just like, you know, you would just like, okay, so this person who I respect really hit it big at 30 and they, this was their, what they did before that and blah, blah, blah. And so, and then like, it doesn't work out that way. And you're kind of like, what the hell, what the hell, what the hell? And it's like, but then like you get some perspective, like after yeah. doing it a while that you're like, oh, like it truly is different for everyone. Like the main component, I think, and it's cliche is it is like hard work like mm -hmm. in the areas that you feel like you excel or you connect with like mm -hmm. um well and oftentimes just to piggyback off of what you were saying yeah. is you often look at their wiki page and you're like wait they started when they were s literally six yes right and yes i'm just now thinking about this at 23 great yes. very good yeah you know hard not to immediately be like okay i'm done yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so like, and, and that kind of came to me. Like, okay, it's funny that you say that you were comparing yourself to other people being like, oh, at 30 years old. Of course, he, yes. That was, I'm not trying to bash the institution at which I'm very proud to have graduated from. No, absolutely, bash away. But, yeah. Although, yes. <laughs> yet, uh -huh. one of our assignments senior year was to do that. <laughs> Compare yourself to a successful alumni. I literally, like, grit it out. It'd be like, you know, when he was, like, this age, he, like, build their career up in reverse and be oh, like, wow. kind of model yourself after Off that. Off of a former graduate? Or um, just any no, actor No, not a former, any, any actor, right, that okay. you respected. So you're, like, going, you're reaching for the stars, wow. you know? Yeah. And then they tell you, okay, great, that's a good first choice. Now, who's a little more like you? And then so you reach for, like, people that are still... In comparison to where you are. Whoa. Just man. like whoa. Like, okay, so I think mine, I, I think mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 was Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Who at the time had he had he done Fruitville at that time yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I uh, think he, you know, I think he started when he was 13 or something. Right, because he was on the wire. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before that, I think he was Wasn't on he uh, okay. Do you listen to Off Camera with Sam Jones? Uh, I've seen a couple. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, seen. I, I actually yeah, there's need to watch. Yeah, Netflix I need to watch. Too, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. But anyway, I think I, I listened to his, and, and he talks about before he even got the audition for The Wire, he had been in the game for years. Wow. Auditioning. And like, yeah. he recognized people like in that audition you know, that he had seen over the years as a kid. In The Wire audition? And he says through all of his auditions. Oh, he was, yeah, yeah. But I think specifically in the Wire audition, he was going up like someone that he had seen in multiple auditions. Sure. So it's it's just interesting, which is like, it's still true of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no pun intended. Well, with the Wire and sure. acting, because there's no, there's no murder in the streets, if you will. It's a thin line between heaven and hell, as they say. Um, yes. Going off specifically on acting. Yes. I have such a hard time wrapping my head around, uh, basically, because I write and perform, and if I just perform, if I was just an actor, that is such, I don't understand how people do that, because it's truly, it, it feels so powerless. Like, to me, acting is, like, the most, one of the most visceral, like, art forms. Like, you're, it's just your whole person, it's mm. yourself, it's your... It, it, you just if if you are truly operating at your highest capacity in the most fulfilling way, your whole person is consumed by it, and yeah, yet, yeah, it is the it is the pursuit that is like com you're completely powerless. Like it, oh it's, it's like you're either doing like commercials, or you're doing like it's wild to me that actors, the same actors, are auditioning for like a like lottery commercial as going up for like hearty supporting roles in like a drama like the the yeah. difference between those two things is so vast to me that like the skill set required of someone who who is an actor is like because like you you know you watch a movie you watch it like a, a, a beautiful academy award nominated movie that's just moving and th there's a performance or two in there that is just like flooring and you're just like oh my god 
That's the highest art form. I want to be an actor. But that is like such a sub, 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 sub genre of acting. Yes. Like acting itself is like headshots and audition rooms and like faceless, yep. like reactions from po- powerful people that you don't know. Yep. It, it, like to, it, to me, it's like so, it's so, it's just an ocean. It's like an ocean where you have no control. Then I think that's part of the reason I like write is because like if I wasn't writing and therefore like able to perform what I write and I I love doing it and like it's satisfying to me. It's like if I was just acting is so difficult to me. <laughs> like just acting is like it really floors me. Like I can't just do that. Like I would I would truly I don't know how people do that. Truly, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> That's why I left. Because you, because it was a, about a year after graduating that you were like yeah. diligently. Like, and then oh. what was the what was the like turning point for you? Was it like a slow um, process? Of just it was like, slow. It was like yeah. a slow unraveling. Okay. It literally, was just getting dirtier and dirtier, mm. like gardening. And it was a good job, and there were people that were there for me when I needed them. Mm-hmm. But I was like doing something that I didn't want to do. Yeah. Like, I don't want a garden. And as great as it was and as beautiful as some of the sights were that I saw, it was still, like, fucking gardening, dude? Well, like, so when you say, and, like, going back into your head at that time of, like, I want to be an actor, yeah. what did that ideally look like for you in, like, the ideal world? Like, what would you be doing? On a oh, it looks like a few years of doing the stage thing mm-hmm. and then just, like, maybe doing a sh- TV show or something. Okay. Like I'm not I'm not reaching for the stars like but I did like enjoy it and I was consumed by it and I and I I don't know how to say this. Like multi, like I was not anywhere near a black belt in it. But people told me that I did a good job in the roles that I was given and the work that I did was consistently, the feedback was that I was consistently like, like impressive, if you will, mm-hmm. like w- in whatever way that meant, like I, I made an impression upon people. Yeah. Sometimes that was super positive And sometimes that was like, it came with a lot of critique, Okay. but I would rather be that than like, Oh, you were in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So fuck it. Yeah. Like I'm proud of, I'm proud of what, like what I put into that pursuit at that time. Sure. But just like everything else, like I had to listen to what, you know, what the next move was, you know, I couldn't stay in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You could feel it in your bones. Mm -hmm. Like something needs to change. Yeah. Totally. So basically this is my invitation and last segue to the last little chunk of this episode. Mm -hmm. I want you to come back on because there's so much more that I want to talk about. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah like more of the stuff that you do, mm-hmm. but quickly, mm-hmm. please, what, what do you find yourself writing about the most? Like, what are you, what are you saying? Cause mm-hmm. I saw a show that mm-hmm. you just put on mm-hmm. sketch show. Mm-hmm. It's funny as fuck. Thank you. To be honest. And this is a little bit embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that type of comedy existed. And I was like, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And I, and my mind went like, and I was like, Oh, this interests me because mm-hmm. improv, I don't have that much interest in. But mm-hmm. like what you were doing, I was like, oh, I, I, I get down. Word. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, in terms of like, what am I saying? I, I mean, the way I like, the way I look at it generally is, I, I, I like silly stuff. Like I really like silly stuff. I do. Like I have always connected with like cartoons and animation and like that whole. Um, Pixar is like kind of the clearest distillation of like kind of I think what's in me of like mm. you know seeing something being like I love everything that they do everything that's there uh, it feels like creative capacity like is that you know full force I, basically so my yeah generally if I'm writing comedy for myself which is 90% of what I'm doing if it's like for stage performance it's physical it's a lot of facial expressions um, yeah, I'm thinking back yeah. The show, so I'm, I'm yeah, trying no, not ahead. to wait, laugh. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. Oh, just the physical yeah. comedy was just, that's like, just incredible. Thank you. I mean, and that's like an exa- I mean, that's truly like, you know, from over the years, like doing stuff and like kind of slowly, you know, changing the course of the ship towards the thing that the audiences respond to. Or you hear, you know, friends be like, man, when you did this thing, that was crazy. Yeah. And like kind of like realizing like, 
okay, I have a knack for just doing physical stuff in general. And then like learning also that not everyone does. And this kind of makes me stand out, like, especially adds to that, like, okay, yeah. well then I'm for sure going to like, yeah, pers- you know, go down this role, this hole and see what happens. Well, as a, perf- as a performer myself mm-hmm. in some capacities, of course, I, it made me think, oh, do I even do anything physical at all? Sure. You sure. Like, yeah. Does, does anyone? Yes. Like it feels like you opened a door and you allowed uh, people to peer into a room that you're just kind of like that you've been exploring for a while. It's yeah. really cool. Thank you. I um, really appreciate that. The, yeah, and and what I was going to say mm-hmm. to people reacting, it's like how can you not though? Just like, you know, it's it could be super positive or super bad, but it's like mm-hmm. how can you not react to what you're doing cuz in many ways you're pushing the limits of like performance just like for instance, that um, the 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 carriage mm-hmm. sketch, mm-hmm. like as a performer, is very challenging. Sure, I don't know how much you want me to say or not, but no, about yeah, the sketch. Happy to, yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah. yeah. The premise of the sketch is that yeah. it's like a like high society British person in eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, whatever, gets into a carriage and you know, tut tut Wesley, and then the, as the as the carriage like takes off. It's me sitting on stage, and I'm just, like, bouncing, like, I mean, it's, like, whiplash, just, like, ragdoll, yeah. bouncing, like, implying that, yeah, the carriage is just, like, you know, it, it, there's no, it's just, like, a, what a carriage would probably do. It would be pretty shitty ride, yes. you know? Like, and then, like, reading a newspaper and doing high society things, not reacting to the, right, right. like, crazy bounce. So Acting like, like you're in a Tesla, Yes, yes. It's just, like, basically, ju- <laughs> so the sketch is, like, juxtaposing, like, doing high society, so refined things all while bouncing like ferociously, <laughs> which is like really fun to do. And to me, that's like, you know, you're sitting in front of like a, a blank piece of paper trying to write something. Yeah. Trying to be so verbally clever is so much, truly so much work. And everyone is doing that. Everyone who is like, yeah. I, I should say everyone, yeah. but like if you go to open mics and like 90%, I shouldn't even be saying this because it feels like I'm like very much benefiting from people not doing this. <laughs> but it's like, I'm, I'm really shocked that I'm the only person generally that like is largely doing physical stuff or even facial expressions like yeah it, it feels like 90 percent of the comedy that i'm seeing in general is very verbal and ve- yeah. and usually yeah. clever or trying to be clever which is like great and fine but it's also like man there's a whole spectrum of like pasture comedic pasture out here that like no, no one is even like seemingly looking at so it's like part of me is like, yes, I do feel like I have a natural physicality and, and facial expressions and all that, but I'm also kind of like, no one else is even like trying this stuff, like, yeah. which is like I'm fine with because it makes me stand out more, which I shouldn't be saying this, but, but people it forgot. is appealing a little bit, yeah, because it's not because it it did exist, like if, yeah, like Jim, Carrey, Jim Carrey, of course, yeah, was, yeah. that's immediately what he, I thought yes. of, yes, and like he's like yeah. definitely like number one comedic, you know, influence and like hero. But like, yes, I, I, I don't know. It, it, but again, it goes back to like silly too. And like, yeah. Why do I'm, you like being silly? I like it because it's, it's removed from everything. Like it's removed from any um, like datedness. Yeah. It, and it more importantly, it appeals to some, now it's, like, it's hard to say, but it's just like a feeling. Like it's just like that playful feeling like, it, 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 like you can't help but react to it. Like yeah. It, yeah. I, I do like, I substitute in like kindergarten and preschool for my day job. And I went in there last week for 20 minutes to talk about how I'm a comedian and like what it means to be a comedian. And I was like, and the kids who are like six years old were like, tell us a joke or do one of your bits. It didn't say do one of your bits. <laughs> they just said like, <laughs> tell us a joke. So, but I was able to like do a jo- like one of the bits I do on stage is like a marionette puppet at a nightclub, which is essentially just like, you know, Daft Punk is playing. I don't say any words and I just do marionette physicality and like really enjoy doing it. And I was like able to do that bit and get a big reaction out of the kindergartners. And that felt really good to just be able to do like comedy that's like, I don't, I don't pride myself or like it's never a focus when I sit down to be like, I'm going to make this so a- anyone can be able to watch this. But it's like, I'm really proud of that when that happens where it's like, it feels like it is not necessarily easy to do something that like, isn't rooted in like a very datedness, isn't rooted in like only a select uh, group of people will really appreciate this um, to do something that's like, you know, appeals to kind of a, a, just a lot of people 
that's to me is like what silly is. It's like, it's fun. And it's like, I wrote it down recently of like, I love, it's like, I love to evoke, try to evoke the feeling of like a, a laugh at a sleepover, like growing up with. Oh you my had, gosh. You dude. know, you know, you just took me to a place. Yes. Good. <laughs> It like occurred to I me. I immediately like, thought of armpit farts. Yes, it's like that. Oh it's just my like God. it's like I would love, and I don't know that I, I would love to like have someone sit down in an audience, see something I do, and like almost like a taste, like from a really when you're eating like a, an unbelievable meal from an unbelievable chef, like how like you realize food isn't just like stuff. It's like a taste like brings you back to like, oh my God, this tastes like my grandmother's like deviled eggs or whatever it yeah. is like it's like a thing or this tastes like you know whatever it is where it, like it, it it just like brings you back sharply to a very specific place that you haven't thought of in a long time like i would love and i aspire to do something that like really just throws like the most intelligent cynical person into like this like flash of just like that sleepover laugh of just that like joyful like oh my god like yeah. and it's just joy and yeah. it sounds I, I, I kind of cringe, like listening to myself say this, but it is like, that's what I would, that, that idea motivates me. And I like, that's yeah. what I want it. Cause it's just like, well, you cringed. You know. Well, to be fair, mm -hmm. even in those moments as kids, when we were free, whatever yeah. the fuck that means, uh -huh. you were kind of cringing at yourself still where you're like, sure. You're like, bro, it out. And you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, when you yeah. like, you're, you're testing, like yeah. that's constantly, you're testing your bits, honestly. You're, yeah. like, you're testing your bits in like life mm -hmm. of like, <laughs> will this work? Yeah. Like all my friends are here. I'm on the line right now, you know? And we're all yeah. like kind of naked in sleeping bags, yes, you know? Yes, yes. It's kind of vulnerable. Truly. Yeah. And also like, so like, yeah, taboo too. Like there is like yeah. this kind of like, the feeling of like we're getting away with something or like we shouldn't yeah. be doing this. Yeah. Or, and also like the adult in me is like, how long are you going to do that? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. with the bouncing in the carriage. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. How long are you going to do that? Yes. And oh like, and like, I feel like it's like typical for people to be like, oh my God, that was so dumb. That was great. Or that was so stupid. It was great. And like the, and even within the community where it's like, it's dumb and stupid are words that even like, I feel like contemporaries and I, I have done, although I've tried to like, withhold from doing it recently hmm. but it's like that feeling of like oh yeah it's dumb like as in like it's so stupid you got to keep you know keep that bit like so fucking dumb as <laughs> almost just like that thing yeah, of like that good. like yeah, yeah. I'm saying like oh man there's that you know that's nothing but it's also everything kind of yeah sentiment yeah you know? yep mm -hmm. it's great Thank okay you. so we'll let's dig into that more yeah this was like a good yeah all right yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the list is looking like in in terms of like getting you on again. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, for sure we can, but in terms of how soon that'll be, yeah. cuz what happens is like Julie and I get super hype when we're out and we're just like you come on. You come on. We'd love to have you on. For sure. And also, that's like, we want to have, like, podcasts. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. We want to keep making this. Because yeah. this, to me, is what motivates me. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I may or may not listen back. I'll probably listen back. Mm -hmm. And I may cringe at myself saying that. But It'd be like very hard cringing. to listen to my... It would be very hard for me to edit this podcast listening to myself on it. Like, well, like yeah. to edit yourself feels like a very difficult thing. Well, what's great about episodes like the one we just recorded is that there were no peaks in terms of volume so i know nice. that okay. with the format of my show i don't have to listen to anything past like when we started and when we finish nice okay and cool. i i adjust some levels like fading the music in or whatever but yeah. it's like i don't have to listen to it okay that's great because i yeah for anyone to like edit themselves feels yeah. like it would be such a difficult process well what, you know what's surprisingly easy is that after doing it for a while I just, at least for me, I just start to hear the other person. And it's almost like, mm. wow, I was there for that conversation, but maybe wow. I need to listen to this again because of what they were saying to me. Sure. Because like I, I can listen to it now with you here, mm -hmm. like experiencing it, mm -hmm. but I can actually listen to it. Yeah. You know, as a different Michael. And like removed, yeah. Yeah, and I can listen to what you're saying. Yeah. Without having to also respond after it. Yes, yes. That is a very real... Uh, um, shortcoming of actual conversation is that like 
the li- it's very difficult to truly mm-hmm. deeply listen and appreciate when you're in one. That's why you're like, did he mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no. Is that anyway? My turn to talk. Okay. Uh, Whoops. Yeah. 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 It's, okay. It's tricky. Next time. Till next time. Cool. Thank Thanks you so much. Me. Can we Cheers. cling our uh, yeah. cups to end? We have a plastic coffee cup and a um, glass wine glass. <laughs> anyway, um, let's do... Okay, before we actually go, yeah. and the music might be playing right here. Cool. But we'll do a question of the day. Oh, great. Okay. Um, the question of the day for you. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'll just keep it a little simpler. Mm-hmm. If you could live underwater, okay. fly, or exist in space which one would you do and why fly okay yeah and and why why uh just because space uh there's a lot of implications with that that just change potentially just change all of my life like i could get lost in space uh could be very lonely up there um i don't know how fast i'm traveling up there it's true uh underwater cool although Technically, I could scoot. There are ways of achieving that that are attainable now, but me being able to fly changes everything in a wonderful way. Like I can get to places quicker. I can fucking fly. I mean, just the implications of that are are immeasurable. So I got I got to handily go with fly. You got that on lock. Yeah, absolutely. What would you choose? Underwater. Underwater. Okay, why? Well, because to me, in terms of like getting around faster. That is appealing, but it's not enough for me to like want to change my life. Like what? Because like I'm not also like you. The implications for going to space are too terif like truly terrifying yeah. to me. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm interested in exploring, and if it becomes commercially available, <laughs> like I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. I'll explore the sure. moon. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> not about to to to. Yeah. I live here. Yeah. This is my planet. This is, this is and home. that's good. So now that I'm here, like yeah. I can fly. I can get in an airplane. Mm-hmm. I've been in a personal jet. I've been Come. in a hot air balloon. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. You know, now underwater. Mm-hmm. First of all, when you look at our planet from space, which is too terrifying for me to think about, mm-hmm. it looks like a ball of water right. with like a couple little things. Which is crazy. Land, which yeah. is crazy. Which is crazy. And then... You know, that's crazy. Apart from the fact that we're mostly water, you mm. look at the water that does make up most of this planet, and like we haven't discovered most of it. Like yeah. we haven't actually explored most of it. Yeah. And there are still species that we find that where we're just like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So okay. I don't know. Who knows what's down there? Like literally. I do respect. I, I have. I, I totally respect that. Questions. Yeah. It, so are you saying you can live underwater, meaning you don't need any equipment, you can walk on the ocean floor, you can swim? Like, You're fully functional. Fully like, functional. Think about how we have existed and manipulated this. Yeah. Like, what if we could also do that just in the environment of being underwater? I got you. And not to be too critical or, or split hairs, in the hypothetical, is it just you who has this ability or do other people have it too? Damn it. Because I, I imagine myself, but that's right. very, very scary. But you're alone down there, then. That's what I'm saying. I got you. So, I, I'm just, I'm just, I have an image of you. How far would you go? There's still because I'm, be I'm imagining you like walking on the ocean floor in like, <sighs> you know, middle of the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halfway to 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 Europe, and like you're in that, you know, however deep down that is, but you're still vulnerable, right? Yeah. Like to me, yeah. I, I, okay, you. Okay, let's say. Okay, you. Okay. <laughs> This is going to change the question of the day, and then we'll start the outro music here. <laughs> so right. if, you, yeah. if you could live in a society of people that could exist in space, ooh. fly, ooh. or live underwater. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, yeah, got him. This is... <laughs> Oh, now I'm thinking about it. I think I would do underwater. I think I'd do underwater. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. I would too. Okay, because implications for space unchanged. Too much is different if we're out there. To me, if we can live in a society underwater, we can 
I mean, it's like you said, it's like looking at how we've manipulated like land. Not that like, I, I would hope we'd be a little more eco-friendly uh, conquering. I don't even want to say conquer, inhabiting. Well, there are limitations to everything. Absolutely. Sometimes but, our own demise. But yes, yes. Human ingenuity underwater. Yeah. It, it would be, well, it would be dangerous. It would be potentially more deadly to the planet. But knowing what we know now. We would drown in our own innovation. I think. Yeah. We kind of already are. Wouldn't that be ironic? We're finally uh, invincible to water, and that's when we drown in our own in a, in a, <coughs> innovation. <clears throat> Eloquently said. Oh, speaking, again. there's a movie coming out underwater. <laughs> it's called Underwater. It's called Underwater. Yeah, we'll watch the trailer, but let's do it after. Okay. All right. Let's uh, clink it again. Clink, yeah. Plastic on glass, people. Cheers. Thank you. Nice. Thank that you, great. man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot. That hypothetical. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.